Good morning, Trinity, and welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Trip Prince. I'm the pastor at Trinity on the North Side, and today is Thursday, August 6th. And as is our habit, as is our custom, we take time each day and sit with the readings from the lectionary and prayerfully reflect on them as a community and ask the Lord to speak to us through them. And what I want us to do today is to read together our reading from Acts chapter 4. I'm going to read the whole of the assigned reading today, so that's verses 1 to 12 if you'd like to follow along. Beginning in verse 1, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came to them, much annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming that in Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. So they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and they numbered about 5,000. The next day their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we do ask that you would speak to us this morning, even in these few minutes that we have together. Would you help us to be attentive, even this very second? Help us to be attentive to your Holy Spirit, wherever we are, wherever we are listening to this, sitting with these words. Help us to quiet our hearts, to focus our mind and the whole of our being upon you, and to see the power that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that in him we learn what it means to be human. We learn what it means to be fully alive. And so we look to him as our source of hope and our source of peace. Today we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've read the Bible for any amount of time, you've likely come across this reading that we just read, very familiar words in many ways, especially that last verse we read, verse 12, where it says, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. I think for most of my life, that verse especially, it got a lot of traction in the area of apologetics. It was one of those key verses used as a defense of the Christian faith over and against the other religions of the world. And so really as such, I think the focus was almost always on the centrality of Jesus and the unique nature of salvation in Christ 
alone. And while I fully affirm and stand by that truth, here's the thing. In all of the efforts made to defend the priority of Christ, to defend the centrality of Jesus, I do wonder if we ever actually stopped to ask the question, why? Why is it, in fact, that it is only in Jesus that salvation is to be found? What is it about Jesus that is so profoundly unique that he stands alone as the single source of salvation for the whole of humankind? I think increasingly, I am convinced our ability to answer that question is entirely tied up in how we define salvation. I think the contemporary church around the world runs a great risk of embracing a reductionistic view of salvation. It sees it as nothing more than fire insurance. That was the phrase I often heard growing up, that salvation is fire insurance from the flames of hell. It is a ticket out of hell and into heaven. And I think when viewed this way, our focus as Christians is less on the transformation of the whole of life into the life of Christ and is is instead often limited to a singular point of conversion. In response to this, I I think of a line that's often attributed to Ravi Zacharias, but others uh, said similar things as well. This very profound line that says, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Any definition of salvation that is not centered on the resurrection of Jesus runs the risk of claiming the name of Christ while failing to encounter the transformative power of Christ. The Christian faith for us, my dear friends, is not a superior philosophy. Neither is it simply a compelling set of rules or an integrated moral code. None of these in and of themselves would have been sufficient when we look at Acts. None of these would have been sufficient to cause the religious leaders we read about in this reading to arrest the disciples, to do all that they could do to silence them and to suppress their message. No, as verse 1 reminds us, as we read today, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came to them much annoyed. Here's why. Because they were teaching the people and proclaiming that in Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. The scandal of the Christian gospel is that a man who was dead and in the grave for three days woke up and took a breath. And this was not only true of Jesus in and of himself, as though that is scandalous or miraculous just for him, but the fact that for us as Christians, his victory over death is meant to be shared. It's meant to be experienced by everyone who calls upon his name. And it's by the power of that resurrection that the sick are healed and the broken are made whole. As St. Peter today powerfully reminds us, he says, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified 
whom God raised from the dead. Everything we've read today is centered on the resurrection and the power of the resurrection that extends to others and it extends and reaches you and me today. This is central to what it means to be a follower of Jesus and something we have to remember and cling to. The issues that plague our world right now, they are neither small nor inconsequential. They are at every level, truly, matters of life and death. And so my very simple plea for us today as a community is for this very reason, because the challenges we face are matters of life and death. May we never lose sight of what is truly and beautifully and powerfully unique about our Lord Jesus, that he alone conquered death and in his name we will do the same. Thanks be to God and may God bless you richly today. Amen.